What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Which coast? Traveling east to west. Aaron Ladd. Oh, he did it. No. <laughs> Mark Gunnels. At the house on it. Chiefs coast to coast. <laughs> what point was it that broke you? Be be honest, because it's been it's been that kind of year. But the for pick, you to the pick six, the pick six for sure. Why? It, it was a follow up after the fumble recovery. It was like back to back. It was like, wow. But yeah, let's get into it, man. <laughs> Mark doesn't have any time for the pleasantries or. Damn, how was my Christmas or what? No, I'm saying. I want to warm that up. That's what I mean by let's let's get into it. Shit's like, let's go. Let's get. (laughs) This is Marshawn. He's just here so he doesn't get fined. (laughs) Let me send this little post out really quickly on X. Let everybody know we're live as we are every Tuesday at 5:30 on Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. So, how was your Christmas? Let me ask you first. (laughs) You you, you spent it at one Arrowhead Drive. For parts of your your Christmas day, oh man, it was okay. Well, kind of a an earliest morning, you know. Not used to the noon games, but you know, still uh, still felt like Christmas. It was I never really take an opportunity to cover uh cover the NFL for granted, so it was cool to be there. And um, I I had a good time outside of the obvious. I I, I definitely had a good Christmas. I'll. Head to Dallas here tomorrow, first thing in the morning, and uh, be in oh. Dallas the rest of the week. Oh, co- yeah, covering the week. Cotton Bowl. Yes, indeed. Yeah, I see Marvin Harrison Jr. is not likely to play, so that's a big yeah. advantage for you guys. That's okay. You know, maybe he'll catch the next one. You know, <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe he'll be there the next time the Buckeyes are. But it was good. How was Mavs Christmas? Are y'all still in Santa mode? Do y'all still do Santa for Mav? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he has a lot of toys. I'm looking at him right now, actually. I'm recording live from my living room. He has a trampoline over here. He has wow. a drum, drum set. He has the Hot Wheels set up. Like, it's it's a lot going on over here in the Gunnels household. Well, it sounds like Mav was on the nice list this year. The Kansas City Chiefs, though, especially that offense, on the naughty list. We'll break that down here on Chiefs Coast to Coast, Episode 70. Mark Gunnels out in L.A., Aaron Ladd here in Kansas City. So is Steven Serta, who's back behind the board as we recap another Kansas City loss here on Coast to Coast. The good, the bad, and the ugly from that one. We'll go to Vegas and recap how Mark did before he gives us three more plays ahead of the Bengals game. Another miss for Harrison Butker. Is it time to panic on the Kansas City special teams unit? We'll talk about that. And then look at the running back room as Isaiah Pacheco leaves the game early dealing with a concussion. Can't have Chiefs Coast to Coast without you all, the fam, the listeners. Last week's chat was very active, and it was an active voicemail line. We got one other voicemail we'll get to, but 
you're rocking with us on the day after Christmas here, chime in, hashtag C2C. Let us know what you think is wrong with the Kansas City Chiefs or how much money Mark has stolen from your kids Christmas this year. You know, just we we want to hear from y'all. It's a rough one, man. It's been a. I feel like I go one and two every week at this point. I know I had that one three and zero week, but yeah, it's just been a rough year, man. Rough year all around. I guess it's contagious uh, from the Chiefs' kingdom this year. Eight one six five one four one two six seven is our voicemail line. You can also leave a review in the podcast app. We read those as well. Any way you want to let us know that you're tapped in with us. We like and appreciate that. Let's just hop right into Chiefs recap. Mahomes avoids. Rise. He's a magician. Chiefs recap. We're not going to go heavy on the notes with this one because this is this is just a vibes cast. Uh, after the Chiefs fall to the Raiders, twenty fourteen on Christmas afternoon, Patrick Mahomes. 27 of 44, 235 yards, a pick, and a passing touchdown at the end. The run game left a lot to be desired as well. Patrick Mahomes is actually Casey's leading rusher in this loss to the Raiders. He finishes with 53 running rushing yards on 10 attempts. For Aiden O'Connell, the story can be told in one stat. And I think this stat is just it's very telling, Mark Gunnels. Aiden O'Connell did not complete a pass. He was 0 for 10. After the first quarter, finished the game with nine completions on 21, on 21 attempts for a total of 62 passing yards. And Devontae Adams, all pro wide receiver, all worldwide receiver, one of the best in the league, is limited to just four receiving yards on the afternoon. I mean, you were to hear those two stat lines pregame. You think Kansas City, no matter how ugly it is, they come out with the win. But it's just that disastrous seven seconds, as we kind of alluded to uh, in the lead up, Mark Gunnels, the fumble on kind of a Ferrari package, something handoff with Clyde Edwards-Alaire, hands Vegas, a scoop and score. And then the very next play, Mahomes is intercepted by Jack Jones, who was talking a little bit in the lead up the week before about the magician and stop the magic and all that. Well, he pulled a rabbit out of his hat with that pick six. And ended up, uh, that was the difference for Kansas City between them and Vegas. So the first point here, we'll toss it to you on this one, Mark Gunnels. Kansas City's offensive issues continue. Is it fixable? Because Mahomes was at the podium after the game and said, you know, if we can clean it up. I'll do his voice a little bit. You know, we can clean it up. You know, if we can clean it up. We'll be good to go. <laughs> or something like that. He's like, if we clean it up, we can beat anybody. But is this? Can you clean this up with two weeks left and the division still hanging in the balance? Well, I'll start here, and shout out to Chris in the chat waving at us. It's not as bad as it was yesterday. I'm recording here on Tuesday. That was that was rock bottom. Now in previous games, we've seen this offense move the ball pretty fairly consistently, but they would have a turnover or a penalty that kind of stalls the drive out. In this game. They didn't have anything going. Like they weren't moving the ball at all. I mean, I know they had a couple of drives here and there uh, towards the end, but yeah, for the most part, it was three and outs. It felt like consistently throughout the whole entire game. Every time they did a drop back, the edge rushers were right in Mahomes' face. He didn't have any time. And then even times when he did have time, 
he didn't think he had time because he was so used to not having it and he would maybe create pressure when it wasn't even there or run out the pocket when it was actually clean and that's the problem when things are going on like that early on in the game as a quarterback your your clock it, it speeds up even though it may not have to on certain plays when it's actually blocked well but since you're so used to it not being done that way you just have that habit and i think that's what you saw yesterday in particular and also the play calling didn't help this offense is not designed for this drop back passing game you need a shotgun four or five wide receivers wide that this isn't that chiefs offense anymore they have to go back to the fundamentals and really just say we're going to go heavy personnel we're going to put out two or three line, two or three tight ends run the ball go under center use some play action some screens like that's the type of game they're going to have to play is keep away, which sounds crazy for a Patrick Mahomes offense, but that is where we have come to, Aaron Ladd. They have to be the ones to play keep away now and play ball control. This is not a, a fireworks offense. They're not getting anything down the field at all. As you can see, defensive backs, they're just sitting on routes. They're not even scared of guys going over the top. That's why you saw that pick six, because they're, they're like, you're not going past 15 yards. There's no threat of that. So that's why everything is so hard because you have to nickel and dime your way down the field. And that's just so hard not to make a mistake when you're relying on 10 to 15 play drives. You don't have a cheat code uh, to get you a, a cheap 40 to 50 yards on any given play. That's not happening with this offense right now. So that's what it is. They have to face reality. I know Andy Reid has an envision for his offense and what it should look like, but Sometimes you got to go with what you've seen thus far. And we have 15 to 16 weeks of evidence that this team is not built for that type of offense. It's time to go back to just some old school football, man, and get ugly because that's what we're going to have to do. Because one thing I can say, though, this defense is going to keep you in the game. The Chiefs don't get blown out. That's one thing yep. I can't say. Well, so I came on here and said that after the Eagles game. That's why I still – whether you want to call it delusion or not, still have some confidence that they can do something in the playoffs because I know they're going to be in games. Like the biggest get, well, biggest gap in margin was that Broncos game. I believe they lost twenty-four to nine, but in that game they had five turnovers. That 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 that's even egregious for this year's Chiefs offense. So I I think you can you could hang your hat on. We're going to play defense. We're going to be in every game. But can the offense just do enough? Can they just do enough? We got an active chat kicking up here on Chiefs Coast to Coast episode 70. Scarce Insight says, objectively, it's not what the Chiefs did badly. The Raiders, man on man, physically dominated. I'm going to push back on that a little bit as we try and figure out what went wrong for Kansas City in the 20-14 to 14, uh, loss on Christmas Day. This was another example of kind of what we've been talking about all year long. It's a one possession loss where Kansas City effectively shoots themselves in the foot and hands the other team the game. It it wasn't the penalties that we had seen in previous games. It was, for me, the, the two turnovers that led directly to 14 points paired in with kind of what people were saying in the chat now. Like the offensive line, they got taken to task yesterday. And this was kind of something that we had touched on in previous episodes and you know it, it had shown its head at times but Kansas City did enough 
to win or did not enough to lose or other things happened that took us away. But in this game, all four quarters, it seemed like Max Crosby, Max Crosby was having his way. Wanya Morris got his welcome to the NFL moment, if you will. Jawan Taylor continues to rack up the penalties and really is starting to seem like not the you're not getting your money's worth if what you thought you were getting for the $20 million a year. I'm worried that the question that we started with this whole thing off is, is it fixable? Can you clean this up with two games left in the regular season? And the answer is no. Like you scapegoated, you scapegoated Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony, and they weren't there yesterday. So you pretty much had to play with the guys out there who people said were pared down to your best options. Look at the way they came out. I mean, you hang your hat on the first 15, Mark Gunnell's like, the first 15 were not cr- cr- crisp, clean, and attention to detail played. Like, they went three and out to start the game for the second week in a row. Like, what do we – you expect teams to be humming this time of year. You expect to be paring down to what your best plays are and what you score, uh, where your scoring plays are. Serta chimes in in our private chat and says, 21 pressures allowed by the Chiefs offensive line, according to Pro Football Focus. Wanye Morris had 13 of them. And Jawan Taylor had four of them. Like the Raiders did play physically. They did have a message and they have been kind of rallying around Antonio Pierce and trying to, you know, really adapt that Raider mentality down the stretch here. But I still see this as another example of Casey had plenty of opportunities to, to take advantage and win this game and clinch an eight straight division title. And that seven seconds of ball just, just didn't work. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I was just thinking, doing the math in my head, if you take away those two defensive touchdowns, the Chiefs win the seven to six, or what, 14 to six. <laughs> the Raiders only scored six points offensively in that game, man. And it has to be so frustrating for that defense, right? I mean, you're out there playing your hearts out, not allowing a completion for three quarters. I've never heard of that before. And you still lose the game. It's just completely heartbreaking. But so back to the question, I'm still going to keep banging the table, man. This oh, is, come on, this is man. fixable. This this not. Is, it is fixable. It's not. What I said earlier, they have to change their philosophy. You don't have to. You, change you can't the change the lot. It's no, too late in the season to be no, changing I'm philosophy. I'm not saying dog. change the playbook. I'm not saying, but you can change the play calling in situations. Why are you drop back? Why are you? Why are you playing drop back football? Like when your offensive line is continually, continuously to get beat. You saw the stat Rasorda gave us. They allowed 21 pressures but you're still dropping, doing five, seven-step drops. Why? Why? <laughs> that makes no sense. Is it illegal to go under center? Is it illegal to have two or three tight ends out there and 12 and 13 personnel? Well, I think the truth is tackles? their run game is so – even if you don't want to say it's inefficient, if that's too strong of a word, it's not creative enough to where they can line up and defenses know, oh, we're not sure if this is a run or a pass. Like, Kansas City's run game is at the point now, especially with Jarek McKinnon. I know he was moved to IR. This happened since the last time we recorded. He's going to miss the last uh, end of the regular season. And now Isaiah Pacheco is being evaluated with a concussion. Likely may will monitor his status. We'll just say that. 
I, I have no faith, and I'm sure opposing defenses have no fear that Kansas City is going to line up and run the air out of the ball. Like they they have shown us no ability to do that. This is the time of the year that you actually really need to be able to do that. I think it stood out in the first quarter, especially. Let me give this stat, and I'll toss it back to you, Mark. It's from Adam Teicher on X, covers the Chiefs for ESPN. For some context on how bad it's been for the Chiefs, consider this. They had negative 18 total yards in the first quarter. That's the worst for any NFL team since the Chiefs in 2011. Tyler Palco was the quarterback and Todd Haley was the coach. He was fired the next day. Negative 18 yards in the first quarter. I, I, I don't see that as, hey, we can just go back to the drawing board and fix what the issues are because – when you go back to that drawing board, where are you pointing to as we were humming as a clean operation and we were playing our best football? The Chicago game? The Chargers game? Training camp? Like, you, <laughs> what are you pointing to as, hey, remember when we did this well? Remember when we ran the ball? Effect? Like, it, 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 I said this on the podcast before and I'll say it again. Is the playoff loss going to come at home or, or, or on the road this year, Mark Gunnels? I'm not answering that question right now. Uh, but back to the point here. McCall Harmon's coming back soon, right? <laughs> nah, but uh, I saw Justin Ross. Justin Ross came back on a serious note. Justin Ross came back. What did, did, did was he the fix? Was, was he the was he was he the savior that y'all hoped he would be? I mean, nobody says he's gonna be the savior, but he only had what. 10 snaps, I think, or 50, no more than 15. He did have a catch for like a yard or something. But the point is, well, I saw this thing in the group chat in the comments. I want to, <laughs> this is funny. From Steezy, he said, I get more separation in a 2012 Civic than, <laughs> than these Chiefs receivers have gotten all season. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Chris said uh, Justin Ross had 10 snaps, one catch. MVS had 61 snaps. Zero catches, zero yards. Good cardio, though. He got some really good cardio. I'm happy for him for that one. Um, you know, sometimes if your talent isn't there, like you play pickup with us, right? We'll walk out on the floor and we'll see a team where it's like, oh, these, these guys don't look physically imposing. But sometimes they have a system or they know each other or they played ball together where they're hard to guard. They got a couple plays where they can get off and they can get buckets. Kansas City needs to evac like, and I think Orlowski even pointed this out on X. Like, they need to find a way to maximize the strengths of what their of what their unit does well. And they have not. We we're talking. We're week sixteen, still trying to figure out what these guys do well. Like, I, I don't know how you can say it's fixable. So here's my question, and this is what this has kind of been a talking point on amongst Chiefs Kingdom. Why? What is the major difference between this year and last year when the only guy gone is Juju? Was there's Juju a lot that, of, was, there's was a Juju, lot of changes. There's a lot of changes. But Juju was the main, the only main person that's not there from a player standpoint. That's that was, not that's not exactly true. But I I I I'll hear who, you. Who, who else? You have two new tackles. Okay, but your running back missed the entire offseason because he was rehabbing from an injury. Both those tackles last year allowed a lot of pressures as well. I don't think I think that's kind of your best wideout last year was replaced by a rookie this year. Kelsey, on top of that, is a year older. And we don't, I mean, I saw a couple people talking about it in the chat, but like he's not locked in. It, 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 there's no way around it. We don't even have to put a finger on why. I'm just going to say he's not locked in. If you want to say he's a year older, if you want to say it's because of the off the field stuff, whatever. 
he's not giving you the same production that he's been giving you in the past. The numbers may look the same. And yes, that's a very lazy way of looking at the stat sheet and saying, oh, well, he's still the guy. But no, like his yards have not been as effective as they have been in years past. Like defenses are letting you have Kelsey stuff here. Let him get his 70. I think he's banged up. He's playing through injuries, man. I truly believe that. I think after the year, we're going to hear a lot of stuff about. So I just get I just gave you four or five different things that are different. Matt Nagy is a new offensive coordinator. That matters. Even if he's running the same exact system, it's coming from a different voice. The communication has to it shouldn't be this bad, though. Not this bad. And the one the the one possession games that they were winning in years past, they the ball hasn't gone their way this year. I still think I'm not going to make any big predictions or anything. But like I said earlier, and I think you agree, they're going to be in every game. I don't think you're going. I don't think you're predicting them to get blown out in a playoff game, no matter who they play. So I they really should have got blown out this game. Realistically, if they were playing like a legit team, they would have got blown. Like the Raiders are terrible. <laughs> this is a, the Raiders played a C minus game. If they were playing like the Eagles, if this was the Eagles game and the Chiefs put this performance on tape, they would have got blown. Out. But the Eagles defense wouldn't have been that effective. Right? I agree. So you got to put that in consideration as well. But. Yeah, man. Uh, you're nine and six. You still can win the division if you win this week. Probably don't have room to rest, even if you are stayed and you're going to be stuck in the seating that you're in because this offense needs as many reps as they can. So even if they do win against Cincinnati, I, I still think you got to go full throttle against the Chargers week 18. Uh, no matter if your seating could change or not, because you're not in a position offensively to take any games off. They got to try to get in some type of rhythm if they can. I Like you mentioned before, Jet McKinnon is on IR. And based on the timing of it, it sounds like he wouldn't be back until the divisional round because he wouldn't be back for the wild card weekend because um, that would be three weeks. And we're on the IR, that's at least, at least four. So if I'm if I'm right on my math there, I don't think he'll be available to divisional round. That may be a sir to ask. I'm not sure if you have to exactly miss – for games a, or regular just season the time, I, okay. I don't, I don't know the exact on that, but maybe we can have sort okay. of look at that. I got the the notes from Dan Orlovsky, and then one other note from X. Orlovsky said the Chiefs are not good enough to play shotgun drop back football on a play by play basis ex- anywhere except for quarterback, which is talking about your point from earlier. They have to protect their tackles more and hand it off. They need help in their skill position to get open using more play action pass. They have to help their weaknesses, not expose them, which we've been begging for for quite some time. More offensive ineptitude information here. Uh, the Chiefs have played 109 games with Patrick Mahomes as their starter. Today's performance, that would be Christmas Day, ranked 109th overall in offensive EPA per drive. It's uh, it's dark. Serta says he has to miss a total of four games you want to you want to give the defense some flowers before we move on because i feel like they i feel like they really should deserve it yes the raiders played a c-minus game but the the chiefs are a defensive football team this year and and they proved it in this game on christmas yeah another week of number one wide receiver being completely shut down uh like you mentioned earlier uh adams had one catch for four yards uh other name Name-worthy guys that they've played and shut down. Stefan Diggs only had four catches for 24 yards. Justin Jefferson against the Chiefs only had three catches for 28 yards. And I can keep going on and on. 
And the more these performances keep racking up, the more smiling luxurious Sneed's agent is doing. <laughs> because that price tag continues to rise and they're gonna have to make a decision because I don't see a world where they can keep Sneed and Chris Jones. Probably can only keep one of those guys. So it's gonna be a lot of decisions made in the offseason for Brett Veach, obviously. Talking about the receiver room, that's going to be a trickle effect and everything. You got, like, I believe seven defensive players that can enter free agency that are all uh, valuable members and getting in the rotation. So it's unfortunate, man. Uh, you could potentially wasting probably the best defense you may ever have in the Patrick Mahomes era. I mean, this is a top five defense without question. Uh, it's going to be hard to replicate that again, especially when you want to build up the offense and bring some more receivers in for the foreseeable future. So in a year where it seems like a lot of teams are down, especially in the AFC, now the Ravens look like they're definitely the cream of the crop amongst everybody else. But all in all, I think this is a could be a blown opportunity when you have this great defense, but a very, very uh, frustrating offense. I want to get your panic meter on Harrison Butker, the Chiefs kicker, missed his second attempt in consecutive weeks and second of the season. It was a 36-yard attempt that did kind of loom large down the stretch. This is something that I kind of joked about uh, in pre-pro. Like I remember coming on this, this platform all year last year dissecting the hold and the snap, and we're talking about Dustin Colquitt, and we're talking about all this – Stuff and the special teams getting spicy in the smoke. And last week, it's underinflated footballs. This is a guy that's been extremely reliable all year long. But just as Kansas City is hitting rock bottom offensively, now there's some question marks in the special teams unit. I'm not 100%. Let me call me yellow light lad. Go ahead. But this is something that's starting to rear. Like you, you would, you would have hoped that they worked this out or started missing like midseason so that you could kind of rebound as you go into postseason play but another area of Kansas City's game that's starting to get shaky at the wrong time yeah and the answer here is kind of complicated because if you're just asking me if the Chiefs offense was just like normal like, like we're used to it would be very low but it's only higher because this team doesn't really score touchdowns so every point you get is very valuable so that's why it's probably even higher than it should be because those kicks mean a lot more now when points are at a premium for this team. So, I mean, if I give you a scale of 1 to 10, I'll say I'm about like at a 5. Yeah, about a 5. I think what worries me the most is just – maybe this doesn't worry me the most, but they just can't seem to string together consecutive scoring drives. <laughs> like – this is KC's first four drives, punt, 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 touchdown. So then once the touchdown happens, and, and that did inject some juice, defense gets the stop, you get the ball right back, fumble, interception, miss field goal, downs. And it's like the, all the complete, all the momentum that you built up. And I came on here like uh, maybe a month ago, and we're like, hey, if you score 21 points a game with your defense, like, you're sitting good. You're, you're like you're in great territory. If you can get three touchdowns a game, eh, another game where they failed to score. I, I do. I do want to highlight one thing, though. Yeah, go and ahead. Especially watching the game yesterday, and kind of been the theme throughout the year. How often do we see Mahomes one, two, three, 
boom, like the ball's out and it's just clean. It seems like almost every time he has to run around and try to create something. It's never just a clean drop back in rhythm, timing, find a receiver in the middle of the field somewhere or down the field. Like it, the one time it happened yesterday, I think it only happened in the fourth quarter. Remember Richie that James. one? Richie James. Yeah. Yep. That was the only in rhythm ball I can remember that was actually down the field. And I do want to highlight that, you know, as all the negatives and things like that, maybe you found a little something there in Richie James yesterday. I mean, he had three catches for 54 yards. That's about an average of 18 a catch. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm reaching for anything I can right now to feel a little better about this offense, Aaron. So you got to bear with me. But we ha- we have been talking about Richie James on this on this platform, though. It's dark days. This is, <laughs> this is, this is dark days. But, right but we have been talking about him on this platform as a guy that is a real receiver. Like, we, we always talk about how he had 600 yards last year with the Giants with Daniel Jones at quarterback and – you know, I mean, this is a bad group, so you got to pick the best out of the, the bad. And, you know, I, I do think you could have maybe found something there, you know, them connecting on that ball. You know, maybe that's some chemistry there, some trust building there between those two guys. So I do look forward to seeing Richie James during, uh, during these last few games. Any snaps they plan on giving McCole Hardman, I'd rather just see them go to Richie James at this point. I don't. I don't need to see McCole reinjected into this group. I know what he gives Kansas City. Not even in like th- those gadgety type things. No, because I actually thought Richie was good in the in the return game too. Started off the game with one and um, a punt return too. He also brought some juice there. Like I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm good there. Let's update the chat a little bit. Very active chat who's got a lot of things to say. This is from Orlando on YouTube, coast to coast. My nine year old son said, "Daddy, the Chiefs are ruining Christmas." It's okay, buddy. We're headed home so you can open your presents. That's what yesterday was for me, Orlando says. SMH, let's go Chiefs. I, we're at the point now. Remember when, like, you know, you play Madden and, like, certain teams, like, you were off limits? Like, I remember growing up playing Madden, like, there was a no Falcons rule because it was Vic. Like, there's no Falcons. For the Chiefs forever, it was like, no Chiefs. You can't get – no Chiefs rule. Now, if you want to be the Chiefs, you won't. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Kids got Madden in their in their PlayStations and whatever yesterday. Like they stayed far away from the Chiefs offense on Madden. You could have hey that, that team now, the off limits team is the Ravens. Yeah, they looked good yesterday. This is from Joshua on Facebook. Matt Nagy is not fixable. He is an average position coach, but a horrible coordinator. No fire, no accountability. Uh, Pete Sweeney and I have been going back and forth for a while about the Eric Bieniemy conversation, and maybe we can touch on that quickly. <laughs> Chris on X says Connor Embry, first year wide receiver coach, no Mike Kafka. I think we were talking about the differences between last year and this year. I don't know how you can't at least give Matt Nagy a piece of the accountability pie, Mark Gunnels, like. At the end of the day, even if you want to put the wide receivers in their own group, the running game and the offensive line, what they put on tape yesterday is not playoff caliber. And I think Mike Nag- or excuse me, I think Matt Nagy owns a piece of that. Oh, yeah, 100 percent. I mean, I think everybody uh, gets a piece of the blame in this. It's not just one person or one group. You know, even Mahomes deserves some blame in this. I mean, there's plenty of times where we see guys that are actually open. You know, I know it doesn't happen very often, but there are times where there are guys open down the field and, you know, he just doesn't see it. And, you know, I think it's a direct result of 
not trusting the offensive line, protecting long enough, not trusting the receivers to, to be in the right spot or attack the ball in the air or even just catch the ball, <laughs> you know. And, and, and I hate seeing my franchise quarterback having to run as much as he did yesterday. It really broke my heart, Aaron, because it, that just tells me that either guys aren't getting open or he's just not trusting what he's seeing out there. Or it's a mixture of both. And that, that's that's a bad problem to have this late in the year, which goes to your point that this is not fixable. But I, I'm still going to hold out some some optimism there. Let's talk playoff picture. I, I had a little fun with you on X because this is this is from Mark A. Gunnels. Yeah, you were poking fun at me during the game. <laughs> This was pregame. This was Christmas Eve, six thirty on Christmas Eve. You had nothing else to do, so you sent this message out on social media. The one seed is still possible, unlikely, but it's not far fetched. The Chiefs still need to win out. The 49ers beat the Ravens. The Dolphins beat the Ravens, and the Bills beat the Dolphins. Like you had it all figured out. You had it all mapped out. You look like that dude from It's Always Sunny with like the. Stuff all on there, and there's like uh strings all over the board. I had a simple reply, LOL, LOL, because I don't know how you even like. And now we have more information because obviously the, the, the week is over, and now we're looking at the last two regular season games trying to figure out. I think the one seed is no longer a factor, but I don't know how you can even mentally go there when you see what this team is doing on a week to week basis, like. I got no faith in them beating the Bengals this Sunday. None. But to my defense, before this game, all of their losses, it's not like they were losing to bad teams. Before this game, probably the worst team they lost to was the Packers. And they could still be a playoff team. Or you could say the Broncos. I mean, they're both, they're in the same tier. But they're still in the playoff mix. So it's not like they're losing to these bottom of the barrel teams. So I don't think me saying that they could have beat the Raiders at home when they were 10 point favorites and they could beat the Bengals when they're seven point favorites and beating the chargers. I don't think that was crazy to say before it happened. So like to, for you to act disingenuous is pretty nasty. Cause even before <laughs> the, you, you didn't, you didn't pick, you didn't pick the Raiders to win this game. No, but I didn't. I, I mean, like I had no f- I just thought the 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 one seed conversation was a little it was a little premature. It, it was like if the Chiefs were to, and I think I said this last week. I, I want Sir to go back and pull this. Like if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl this year, it would be the greatest coaching job that Andy Reid has ever done because they do not they're not a Super Bowl caliber team. They're not clicking at all cylinders. Not playing like a playoff team. Right? They're not playing well. So like for them to get the one seed, they would even be backing into it and. I I just appreciate now that that is put to bed because it's there's no more hiding. This is who they are. This is this is where they are also currently, and like it's bigger than the wide receiver room. We've been talking about the wide receiver room for effing nine months now. Like there are more problems on the offense than just the lack of talent in the wide receiver room. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you can't blame me, man. Um, I'm used to the Chiefs coming out and somehow getting some luck happened at the end where the seating just works out perfectly for them. So I still thought it was a, it was a possibility, man. So what seed do you thinking now? What is the, what's the most likely scenario you see here? Two games left Bengals chargers. 
obviously the Ravens got a big win last night, which <laughs> that was right on your on your wish list that got crossed off. Sorry, everything I wanted to happen didn't happen. The Dolphins lost to the cow. Dolphins beat the Cowboys. The Niners lost to the Ravens, and the Chiefs lost. <laughs> you went over me. I went over four. <laughs> but um. So, I mean, they'll most likely settle in where they're at now is the three seed because here's the thing. They can't even get the two seed, really, unless the Patriots beat the Bills because here, here's the scenario. If the Dolphins lose out, which just could happen because they play the Ravens and the Bills and the Chiefs went out, they will be over the Dolphins. But the problem is the Bills could still win that division. <laughs> and if the Bills win that division, that means they jump the Chiefs because they beat the Chiefs head to head. And the Bills got to play the Patriots and then the Dolphins week 18, which could be for that division crown. So that's why the two seed is probably unlikely to happen since you lost to Buffalo head to head. So I, I think whoever wins that division will be the two seed, either the Dolphins or the Bills, and the Chiefs will settle in at three where they're at right now. I hate to be the Grinch here, but you know the AFC West is still up for grabs too, technically. Yeah, it's, there's still a possibility. There's still a possibility. What percentage would you put on? And I, I believe the scenario is Chiefs lose out, which I don't think is extremely likely, but Chiefs lose out, Raiders went out, Las Vegas would have the tiebreaker. Do, do you? What percentage do you put on, on that potentially happening, considering the Chiefs have lost five of their last eight? Uh, I, think, I think it's about 5%. Yeah, I, I think it's really low. Sarda. Yeah, it, it, it's it's about five percent. I, I think, I mean, because the Raiders. I mean, let's say let's go let's go into this world where the Chiefs lose to the Bengals. Let, let's just go there. The Raiders don't have an easy game this week. They got to play the Colts in Indianapolis, and they're fighting for the playoff lives right now. They're the seventh seed, so that that's not going to be an easy game. And then I'm not sure who do they who the Raiders play Week 18. Let me look it up real quick. Somebody in the division, probably Denver. Uh, they play the Broncos in Vegas, so. It can go either way. So, I mean, but obviously the Chiefs just take care of business and get it over with if you can beat the Bengals. But Aaron Ladd has no confidence they're going to do that. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. 
And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Let's go to the preview. Stop it. Stop it. You can't do this. You can't escape. You can't make these plays. You can't make these throws. Come on, give us a sneak preview. Chiefs preview. Week 17 in the National Football League, Kansas City Chiefs will play host to the Cincinnati Bengals, quarterback by Jake Browning. Nine and six Chiefs, eight and seven Bengals, 325 kick on New Year's Eve from GHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. Look, to me, first note here was on injuries. It's all about Pacheco. And, and we've been talking about the, the struggling run game and uh, we'll keep an eye on Donovan Smith and his availability uh, after Wanya Morris has kind of a rough day against the Raiders. But if I if Isaiah Pacheco can't go on Sunday, and I think the stat is that no player who sustained a concussion in one week has cleared protocol and made it back in time this entire season in the fallout of the two. Uh, there's two. been a couple of guys since that. that there's a couple that, of guys who have yeah, done it. Trevor Lawrence did it uh, just recently, and it was somebody else I can't remember right now. It's difficult, especially considering the circumstances. And it's a short uh, week. Short it, week. It, it is a short week, so we'll monitor that. If he can't go, your lead back is Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and he's going to be, um, you know, he's going to be in that room with Lamichael Pirine and Daenerys Prince. So, I'm monitoring Isaiah Pacheco's availability for a team that already struggles in the run game. Yeah, it's definitely problematic, especially since you already have McKinnon out. I think if you have two of those three guys, you're fine. But between obviously McKinnon, Pacheco, and Clyde, if you only have one of those three guys, now I'm concerned. Now I'm concerned because now you have to really rely on Piran to be your running back too, and haven't seen anything on that front to have any confidence that he can be a stabilizing force there. Now Ceh has provided a little bit of juice, especially in the passing game, but talking about the running game specifically. It's, it hasn't been the best, but the Cincinnati run defense can be had, though. This is not the, the classic Bengals defense that the Chiefs have seen over the last two or three years. You know, they lost some guys to free agency and injuries of that sort. And, you know, I think there is something, too, when you don't have your quarterback there. You kind of subconsciously maybe lose a little bit of fire, you know. But even though Jake Brandon has been playing good besides this past game, he came back down to earth against Pittsburgh, threw three picks in that game. Uh, Steelers beat the Bengals 34-11 Saturday afternoon. So they get an extra couple days of rest. You know, once again, the Chiefs are on the short end of the stick on that. You know, you play Monday. Bengals played on Saturday. So they've had an extra 48 hours to prepare for this game. And obviously both these teams are very familiar with each other, though. So I don't think that really matters that much. And when it comes to this matchup, but on the Chiefs side, you never seen Jacob Browning before, but obviously it's still the same system and things like that. But I don't think Jamar Chase is going to play. I honestly think he's done a year. He had a separated shoulder, didn't play against Pittsburgh. That's not something that's a tough injury to come back from. And I think the way they lost that game, they may quietly be mailing it in maybe, but obviously against the Chiefs, they're going to really want to win. Just because 
you know, it's, it's, it's still bad blood be, there. A Bengals Chiefs thing, even though Joe Burrow is not there, I think they still want to win that game. But I don't I think his injury is bad enough to where they're not going to risk a separated shoulder for Jamar Chase. And it's in Burrowhead, too. <laughs> Stop it. That name's retired, man. <laughs> does uh does Kadarius Tony come back and play this week in your opinion? I think he does. I think he does. You know, it seemed like he was not – I mean, he didn't practice last week, but I think it was more precautionary, uh, especially now you got to – Precautionary? Well, because you What's have a short – Because you have a short week. So I don't, I don't think they wanted him to play on Monday and then have to play six days later. I know you're I, – I get it. I know, it's, I know it's crazy, but I really think they – I really think it's a thing with Tony, man. I really – as sad as it may be, Aaron, I, I think it's some truth there that he's he's kind of on a pitch count, low managing, man. <laughs> While Aaron is just rolling his eyes over there for you audio listeners right now. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, the line is seven and a half for this one. I know we're about to go to Vegas in a second and get your picks. So I can't I can't believe that. That that to me feels like a lot of points for a team that really if they get down 10 points, the game is over. <laughs> if Casey gets down double digits, the game is over in 2023. It's it's amazing to say that considering what we saw in Come February. on, they came back down 14-0 against the Raiders in Vegas just a month ago. This is not even that team. This is not even the same team that played in Vegas a month ago. Their tackles are worse. Their running backs are worse. And their wide receivers. I can't argue. <laughs> I have no pushback. I have no pushback. Uh, what, what, what is your main take on this game, though? I mean, you say you have no faith. So it's not like you're picking Cincinnati to win. I'll take Kansas City by three, but I, I don't really have much faith in that in that pick, really. I just I don't. They got to win these. They got to win these 24-14 ball games. They got to win these. And like you were and like you were talking about earlier, like the game script. They're, they're the team that has turned into like we have to control like how the game is going. We have to like we got to yeah. play keep away. It's I appreciate y'all running up in the chat. I'm going to get yeah. to a bunch of these comments after we get back from Vegas. But we got one very important thing to do ahead of week 17. And that's checking on Mark's picks. <laughs> Place your bets. Oh, there it is. There it is. Two touchdowns. Win by Elite Let's go to Vegas with Mark. Oh, brother. Give me the bad news. I mean, if MBS is out there running cardio on Christmas, what are you, what are you doing in Vegas? Lord of mercy. Just, uh... <laughs> Building new houses, man, in Vegas. <laughs> Building new casinos. That's what I'm doing. I'm they helping the you, casinos. They out. see you coming and just open up. <laughs> oh, their eyes get big when Mark Gunnels walks in. Oh, they, they know it's going to be a good day. Oh, <laughs> uh, Mark Gunnels went one for two last week. He had the Chiefs. Uh, it's the spread. I think the number you gave me was ten. <sighs> then you took the over on Mahomes passing yards at two sixty nine and a half. He low key like came closer than he should have. He ended up Way like with closer. I mean, from the start of the game, it was like negative. <laughs> Way close. After that first quarter, you were like, "Damn, I'm about to go. I'm about to go over three. <laughs> what was the one I got right again? You took the under on Adams receiving yards, oh, seven well, seventy was, and a easy. half. 
that was yeah, easy. That was that was a no sweat, <laughs> no sweat bet there. One and two week. Mark Gunnels is 16, 28, and one for the year in Vegas. Probably a little too late to go to get back to 500. You say that record and say it again. 16, 28, and one. Yes, pretty bad. Pretty yeah. bad. It's, 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 it's look, rebuilding year. <laughs> rebuilding year. For Mark Gunnels out in Vegas, he's got three more plays for us this week ahead. Week 17 against the Cincinnati Bengals. Mark Gunnels, take it away. All right, so a little different approach here. I only got one player propped on this week. Got three plays still for you. The one player prop I got is Clyde Edwards-Elair anytime touchdown. I think with Pacheco probably being out this game, obviously no Jet McKinnon. I can see him getting the end zone, whether it's a receiving touchdown or a running touchdown. Feel really good about that one since there's not too many options <laughs> in the running back room. So I like that a lot. The next play, this number is way too high on the over-under. It's 44 and a half. That's way too many points to me. I'm definitely going to under on this one. This feels like a 23-17, 20-17 type game. I don't see any world where it gets to 45 or more. So I love the under on the total points there at 44 and a half. And we talked about it earlier. The spread is way too high, man. Seven points? There's no way I'm laying seven with this Chiefs team right now, man. Give me the Bengals plus seven for sure. I do have the Chiefs winning the game, but seven is just way too much for my blood. Not to go on the other side here. So those are my three plays. CEH anytime touchdown. The under on the total points at 44 and a half. And Bengals plus seven on the spread. You're saving your good tickets for the end of the year, man. I mean, if you would have had more like this, you might have been <laughs> in a better spot. Yeah, I think I'll at least go 2 and one this one. I really feel good about this. Serta, I think we had a voicemail, really quick one, as we kind of listened to the pulse of the fan here on the way out, Cheese Coast to Coast, episode 70. Let's play that voicemail really quickly. And this is not us. This is not our team. Not what we look like. Offense needs to pull it together. This is your team. It is us. This this is what they've looked like the entire year, respectfully. And I can't believe people expected anything different just because it was Christmas and Taylor Swift was in the building. This is what they do. I, I think I sent that out after the first quarter. This is how they start games, Mark Gunnels. They practice all week long, and they come out the gate with punt, punt, punt. Well, to be fair, though, Aaron, they, they, they haven't looked that bad. This This was the worst. All year. Like, they didn't even get anything going. At least in other games, you could see, oh, they're actually moving the ball, but they just had, like, an unlucky turnover, a tip ball in the red zone. Like, they didn't even get to the red zone. <laughs> like, so I, I think you're being a little unfair saying that as far as this particular Raiders game because they have not looked that bad. Negative 18 yards after the first quarter? <laughs> They've been – they're the worst fourth-quarter scoring team in the National Football League. No, I get that. I get that. But I'm just saying, they haven't looked this bad throughout an entire course of a game all year. I can't point to one game that looked this bad this season. KL on YouTube says, even if we win the next two games, does it matter? That's a good question. Um, So I'm going to break down the scenario again. It really doesn't because the only way they can get – no, seriously. You still got to get in, Mark. You still got to win well, one of these I mean, games and get in. I think he's asking, though, like, 
as far as moving up the seating. I'm assuming uh, that's what he means. Because, but yeah, I, I mean, obviously, if you win the next two games, you're you're winning the division. If you win this game, you win the division, and then you lock in the three seed for sure. But if you're talking about going up to the two seed, you would need the Bills to lose the Patriots and then beat the Dolphins week 18. But you'll need the Dolphins to lose both games. They'll have to lose to the Ravens and then the Bills week 18. Because if the Bills win both and the Dolphins lose both, the Bills jump you for the two seed because they own a tiebreaker because they beat you head to head. Unless I'm wrong on that, Serta. Well, yeah, they lost to them. Yeah, but they play them again. Yeah, they did. But I don't see them getting swept by the New England. Serta said Bills have already lost to New England. Oh, I guess you didn't. Oh, I see what you're trying to. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, they play again this week. Yeah. Orlando uh, wants our thoughts on why MVS gets eleven million dollars to run wind sprints and outsnapped Rice uh, and James. I, I I did think the MVS and this dude's gotten piled on a lot. We talk about scapegoating. I mean, because it was just an easy transition for everybody to go from Skyborn Kadarius Tony to MVS, like. He's had a bad year. He's regressed. I said on this platform before the year, if he made the biggest leap forward, Kansas City would benefit offensively. Uh, had 40 catches on 80 targets last year. Both of those numbers slashed in half. And I thought we were actually trending away from MVS. But with the two guys out, he was injected back into the lineup in a big way and hasn't been great. I, I, I do not want to see at any point in time in the rest of the regular season or throughout the playoffs, MVS out snapping Rasheed Rice. Rasheed Rice should be the bell cow wide receiver going forward. Yeah, 100%. I mean, yeah. I just can't wait to see how this receiver room looks in the offseason, man. It's a lot of decisions to be made from Brett Veach, and we'll get to it. I know a lot of people are already ready to end this season. I'm not there yet just because the defense is really, really good. But – it's, it's looking brim. It's looking very, very dim right now. Last one from Mike. Mike on Facebook says, the offense has been exposed as a major liability. Can't run block or consistently pass protect. Short yardage plays from shotgun. Too many dump offs behind the line of scrimmage. Defense doesn't have to worry about a large part of the field. They just take away Kelsey and send an extra rusher every play or two. It's safe. Man. Like, it, like, defenses know they, they see the same thing we do and like a lot of the trick plays and stuff that i think kansas city pulls out they try to like hide i think shannon sharp on first take compared it to a girl who wears too much makeup today they try to hide their they tried to hide their weaknesses or their hide things that was his analogy not mine but like for kc there is no threat of the deep passing game and hell there's no threat of like a consistent run game either so that's why you're getting a lot of the, of the line of scrimmage type throws because that is an extension of the short run game. That is an extension, the short pass and the extension of the run game for Kansas City. Like Rasheed Rice, somebody who's just coming into a new system, doesn't have a full knowledge of all the, the route trees or things they like to learn. Like that is what he's comfortable with so far. And since he's the bell cow, that's the plays that you're running. That's how you matriculate the ball down the field. It's that, that's why I say it's not fixable in the last two weeks after Christmas because to get these – these big changes, these major changes that you're you're hoping to see to get this offense back to in the high 20s, 30s again, it's going to take more than just uh, band aids and lipstick and makeup. You're going you're to need to change how you look at the how you look at the schemes. Shout to the kingdoms queens in the chat on YouTube. <laughs> they said it's given 17 to 14. <laughs> that does sound right. <laughs> 
Yeah, 44 and a half. I'm surprised that number is so high. I'm slamming the under on that. Shout out the Kingdom Queens. I'm headed off to Dallas. Cotton Bowl coverage this week. I'll be back in time for game day, though. What's, what's your game day plans? Um, Not sure yet, but I will say this. Well, I will ask you this. Why aren't you in Arizona covering KU? They play tonight, man. We only cover, like, legitimately. KU, you... KU UNLV baby in one hour let's go rock chalk legitimate bowl games you know bowl games that actually have like some real meaning to them and history and oh, so you don't care about the guaranteed rate bowl come on it's the guaranteed rate bowl man who won the guaranteed rate bowl last year uh i'm not sure <laughs> where's the legacy behind the, the guaranteed rate bowl it's very prestigious man I love how KU's in the guaranteed rate, K-State Pop-Tarts Bowl. You know, Mizzou is the big Bulldogs this year. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. And that, this is so nasty because they're going to beat Ohio State without Marvin Harrison, and you guys are going to act like, oh. Look, you can only play who's out there, man. Marvin Harrison didn't think this was important enough to play in. So, so maybe it's not that important after all. <laughs> you, you put yourself in a hole with that one. <laughs> Maybe it's not that because he would play if it was a playoff game. <laughs> oh, we'll have plenty to recap on our next episode of Chiefs Coast because it'll be 2024. We'll be in the new year. Hopefully, the Chiefs will have a new philosophy offense, offensively by then, and maybe they'll be uh, AFC West champions. Please give spring. us a win. Oh, one more thing. Are you coming out here to LA week 18? It's TBD. Not okay. sure yet. You know, I'll, make sure, I'll make sure we get that $75 back this time. <laughs> <laughs> Coast to Coast Boys, we out, man. <laughs>